If you have a copy of God's Word, go ahead and get it out to Mark chapter 8. And we're going to read Mark chapter 8, verse 1 uh, through 10. We are, of course, uh, in the second week of a kind of a collection of messages uh, uh, entitled Appreciate It. Appreciate It. If you missed last weekend's message, Pastor launched this this series uh, talking about appreciating really the people and valuing the people in our lives. And so if you missed that, I encourage you, uh, go on our website, go to the archives and check that message out. An incredible message. And I'll just uh, kind of conclude uh, this uh, series of, of thoughts. And with that, I just want to talk about the definition first of appreciation. Just kind of recap what that definition is of the word appreciation. Appreciation is a feeling or expression of admiration, approval, or gratitude. Really want to focus in on that one, especially with it being Thanksgiving week. We should be thankful as Christians all year long, of course, but it's good to have a week where we kind of refocus, recalibrate the gratitude in our life. And that's really what appreciation is. It's the expression of that gratitude. But there's a second definition of appreciation as well. So the first definition is this feeling or expressing the gratitude. The second definition of appreciation is when something increases in value. That appreciates. So Pastor talked a lot about that last week, that there would be investments that we could make that would actually grow in their value. They would appreciate. Well, here's the thing. When we see principles throughout the God's Word, and we'll see one in just a moment, that many times what we give gratefulness, what we have gratefulness for, what we give thanks for, it we were showing appreciation, and when we do, those things that we're grateful for, they appreciate in our life. They grow in our life. See, here's the thing that we all have to remind ourselves of. My situation does not have to be perfect for me to appreciate it. I'm going to say it again because only half of you amen. all right? I said, your situation does not have to be perfect for you to appreciate it. And that's what we have to remind ourselves of because as I'm grateful for the good things in my life, you know what happens? I get more good things in my life. And if I focus on the, on the, on the, on, on the poor things in my life, on the less satisfying things in my life, I'm afraid that that stuff will appreciate in my life. So I might as well be grateful for what I got and see those things that I'm thankful for just continue to appreciate in my life. Mark chapter eight, verse one through 10. It says about this time, Another large crowd had gathered, and the people ran out of food again. Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel sorry for these people. They have been here with me for three days, and they have nothing left to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will faint along the way, for some of them have come a long distance. His disciples replied, well, how are we supposed to find enough food to feed them out here in the wilderness? And Jesus asked, well, how much bread do you have seven loaves, they replied. So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and thanked God for them. He broke them into pieces. He gave them to his disciples who distributed the bread to the crowd. A few small fish were found too. So Jesus also blessed these and told the disciples to distribute them. They ate as much as they wanted. Amen. A buffet. <laughs> Afterward, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food, and there was about 4,000 men in the crowd that day, and Jesus sent them home after they had eaten. I'm going to preach for a few minutes on this thought of when appreciation depreciates. When appreciation depreciates. Will you pray with me 
And let's agree together that God will just speak to us today and that we'll respond uh, with a yes in our heart to him. Father, we do just come to you. We sense that you are up to something in our lives, in this church, uh, in our world. And we, we thank you for all that you are. We thank you for all that you are doing. And I pray, God, that you would just anoint this word, give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now let me let you in on a little uh, trade secret as we jump into this word. We preachers have a distinct advantage when it comes to, uh, to what God is speaking in a moment like this. So I'm, I'm preaching to you, but here's the thing, I'm preaching to you something that God uh, has already preached to me. See, he's preaching it actually through me because he's already preached it to me. And so we have the distinct advantage when we know, like I know I'm gonna preach on gratitude this week and so all this week I get to walk around being grateful and practice it and come up here like I got it all together, you know, because I already knew it was coming uh, where maybe if you're hearing it today, you're like, oh man, I, I really need to grow in this area. I've been growing in this area because God was already preaching it to me as he was getting me ready uh, as he was getting ready to preach it through me. And so uh, it, it happened even this week, Tuesday, uh, me and Pastor Matt ran and got some lunch somewhere. And uh, I wasn't that crazy about my lunch that I got. And he liked his a little bit better. And we got back and somebody said, where'd you guys go to lunch? And he said the restaurant, I won't say, because it wasn't, the, well, it was fine, but it just wasn't the greatest experience. He was talking about how he liked his. I said, yeah. And he pointed me, he said, I don't think he liked his very much. I said, yeah. I said, mine was you know, this, my French fries are a little bit cold. I was kind of saying some things, and he goes, and here you are complaining about it instead of being grateful for it. And I looked at him like, why you guys set me up like that? You asked me what was wrong with it, and then get on to me for complaining. But it's true, because we knew what we were going to be talking about this weekend. And then I had another chance to, to uh, handle a circumstance, because my circumstances don't have to be perfect for me to be grateful, right? And um, so... I found another opportunity on Friday. Uh, it was, again, centered around food. As you can tell, we like to eat. But during lunch on Friday, there was a little gathering here. And um, for one of our students that was graduating college, so just a little, uh, little celebration kind of for that, a little luncheon. And there was some Chick-fil-A nuggets on a tray there as part of that. I wasn't really that hungry, but I took like four or five nuggets and put them on my plate. That's all I had, no sides, no nothing else. And I ate those five nuggets. We were just kind of sitting there and People were kind of talking about, you know, her and celebrating this, this, um, this monumental moment in her life. I turned around to look right before I was getting ready to head out to another meeting. I turned around to look, and there was like two nuggets left on the tray. And most people had got done eating. I said, well, I'll just have one more. So I walk over. I pop that one more nugget in my mouth. And as I'm chewing that last nugget... I hit like a little crispy part in the batter or something, and it really hurt my tooth. Now, I had a tooth that I already knew was causing some problems. My dentist had already said, you're going to need a crown for that tooth. And I was trying to put it off till the first of the year for insurance reasons. So I was trying to just hold it together uh, for the rest of the year. And as I chew, I hit, a, hit that spot. I, oh, man, that hurt. And uh, then I kind of feel in my mouth, not only did it hurt, but I had a good chunk of that tooth now that was completely off. It broke off about a third of that tooth back there. Uh, and so I'm like, oh no. And immediately I could, I mean, I could already start feeling myself putting my list of complaints together. 
I started thinking, oh man, I gotta travel this week and now I gotta have a bad tooth and, and I'm gonna fly and the air pressure's gonna cause the nerves to be exposed. I mean, I was already going all over the place. I mean, I was already, I had all these different things that I could be thinking. I don't have time to mess with this right now. I probably don't have the money. This is gonna cost so much. I don't have the money to mess with this. I started thinking, I don't even like the dentist's office. I mean, I like my dentist, but the only time I see her, she's hurting me, so I don't like the dentist's office. I, I could find myself, I mean, if I wanted to, I could raise my fist at the heavens and say, God, why couldn't you have held this tooth together for just six more weeks, you know? Um, I found myself mad at myself going, well, if I just had not had that one last nugget, and I was even angry that I couldn't even bring a lawsuit, because you can't sue Chick-fil-A. I mean, if it was some other restaurant, <laughs> maybe. But because God had preached it to me before he's going to preach it through me, I had just decided I'm not gonna go there. I'm not gonna focus on my complaints right now. Instead, I'm gonna focus on something to be grateful for. And I made a phone call to the dentist and I began to thank God that somebody in that dentist's office has attended this church for years and years. And I called her and I said, can, I said here's the situation. She said, let me go check. And she went straight, talked to the dentist, came back, said, we can get you in. I said, well, when should I come over? She said, right now. I said, I appreciate that. I, Lord, I thank you. I just started all of a sudden being grateful. I was... The very hour I called, listen, I was even grateful that I didn't even have to dread the dentist appointment for weeks. Because normally, you know, it's on the counter. I'm like, I'm not looking forward to this. I didn't even have time to dread it. It was just there. I was there in the office. And when I got there, they were able to work out the building. And I got a temporary crown. And the main one's coming in after the first of the year. So that part even worked out good. I was grateful. Watch this, I was grateful that it didn't happen on Thanksgiving or the night before when offices would have been closed and I'd have been in all kinds of a mess. I was even grateful that it gave me an illustration to talk about this weekend. Like there's some good, even when we go through the rough times, right? We can still choose to be grateful. And so uh, I've just decided if I focus on my complaints, if I focus on uh, on what I'm uh, angry with in life. If I, if I do that, you know what? It, complaining is just gonna give me more to complain about. But when I'm grateful, when I decide to appreciate it, when I'm grateful, it's gonna just give me more things to be grateful about. So I've decided if life is good, I'm gonna appreciate it. And if I'm going through a rough time, I'm gonna appreciate it. And if I'm in plenty, I'm gonna appreciate it. And if I go through a season where I'm in a little bit of lack, I'm gonna appreciate it. And if I have some joy, I'm gonna appreciate that. But if I go through sorrow, I can find a way to appreciate God in the presence of that. When I'm at work, I can appreciate that. If I'm out of work, I'm appreciating that because God's got something better for me on the horizon. If I'm single, I'll appreciate that. And if I'm married, all the married men said amen. Amen. All right, wives, how about that? If I'm married, I'll appreciate that. So no matter what my circumstance, we can find something to appreciate. And I think there's some challenges that come with that. One of the first things that jumps out to me in this passage of Scripture in Mark chapter 8 is we look at some of the challenges of appreciation. We look at when, maybe when appreciation can depreciate, which is the opposite. It starts to, to shrink and go the wrong direction. One of the things that jumps out to me in this passage of scripture that is a challenge for us to be grateful and be appreciative is this. Sometimes we're tempted to confuse, we get confused about Christ's compassion for us. We can get confused and maybe underestimate just how much Christ cares for us when we are walking through those seasons. Look at verse two. We read it, Mark chapter eight. 
But Jesus gets his disciples around, and look at the first thing he says. He says, I feel sorry for these people. Another version says, I have compassion for these people. They've been here with me for three days. They have nothing to eat. If I send them away, if I send them home hungry, uh, they, may, they may faint along the way. For some of them have come a long distance. So I felt like real strong in my spirit that this weekend that somebody was going to need to hear this and need to be reminded that Christ cares about you. I don't guess that we doubt Christ's compassion in a general sense. I think we know, oh, God cares about, you know, hurting people, and God cares about this group, and God cares about that family because I know what they're going through, and God cares about uh, this region, and God cares about, you know, this country. I, I, think we, I think we probably can understand and grasp that God cares about you know, mankind in a general sense, what we have a harder time, especially when we're walking through something, is we start to doubt how much he cares about us. And I wanna remind you that Christ cares about you, that Christ will hit pause, God will hit pause on everything and say, I feel sorry for what this person is going through right now. And I want you to notice specifically, he not only cared about what they had been going through, he cared about what they were going through, and he cared about what they were getting ready to face. Look at it. He said, I feel sorry for them. They've been here with me for three days. He cares about your past. He cares about what you've walked through in, in the past. He says, and now they have nothing left to eat. He cares about your present. He cares about whatever the lack is in your life right now. And he says, and if I send them home hungry, they'll faint along the way. God cares about not only where you've been and where you are, but he cares about where you're going. And somebody just needs to hear that again today because we need that in our life. We need somebody to care about us. We need somebody in our life that'll pour into us. When my, when my kids were younger, we'd be out running around and someone, one of them would have an idea to go to a, a restaurant or something that they liked. Say, can we go eat there? Many times our answer would be the same. It'd be like, well, no, we can't because we don't have money to do that right now. Like that's what we would say fairly often. Or if we'd be at a store and kids would think that they'd want to buy something, we'd say, well, we don't have the money for that right now. That was our answer fairly often with our kids. Somewhere along the way, I don't know, when some of them were seven or eight or nine, they figured out a comeback to our excuse as to why we couldn't do something. They say, can we go eat there? We say, we don't have the money. They came up with a comeback and they would say, well, just put it on the credit card then. We'd be like, where'd you learn that? Put it on the credit card. So they just, they just realized, well, if you don't have like cash money, you can always just use the credit card. That was just their mentality. And the reason why they would just throw that out there because they didn't understand something. They didn't understand that when you constantly have a bunch of withdrawal, 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 but without any deposits, at some point, you're gonna be financially bankrupt, right? Like, it can't all just be withdrawal, withdrawal, withdrawal. There's got to be some deposit. Well, the same is us with us emotionally. The same is with us spiritually. If all we do is give, 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 and there's no deposit in our life, we will be emotionally bankrupt. You saw a thing earlier about, uh, about um, small groups and faith groups here at the church. A part of the reason why we believe in getting everybody together is because you need some people in your life that aren't just going to take from you. You need some people in your life that are going to pour into you, give you some strength and some energy. We all do. And we also need times where we go to God and say, God, I need you. And the thing is, when we do that, we can do that knowing with confidence that he already cares about where you've been, what you're going through, and what you're going to face in the future. 
Some of us, we, we get caught up in this relationship with God thinking, I gotta earn something, I gotta do, I gotta give, I gotta work, I gotta stay busy, I gotta prove myself to God, and you don't. We can get spiritually bankrupt if that's all we're doing. Now, there needs to be times where we stop and go, wait a minute, God, you care about what I'm going through right now. And we can come to him without any confusion about who he is and what he wants to do in our lives. First Peter chapter five says it this way, cast all your anxiety. Another version says, cast all your cares. Another version says, cast all your worries on him because he cares for you. Listen, if I don't find anything else to appreciate in my situation. I mean, if everything is so upside down, I can't find a single positive thing anywhere. I can still appreciate that Christ cares about what I'm going through. Amen? Yeah, and, and that will cause appreciation to just grow in our life. Nothing jumps out to me that makes appreciation kind of difficult, causes appreciation maybe to depreciate in our life, is when new tests try to steal our testimony. When new tests that I walk through start to steal our testimony. I love this in verse four, after Jesus says, I feel bad about these people, what they're going through, what they've been through, what they will go through. So his disciples replied, well, how are we supposed to find enough food to feed them out here in the wilderness? Now, the reason why that question is especially funny to me is because this was not the first feeding miracle that these uh, disciples had been faced with. Um, there are, in all four Gospels, there you'll find the story of the feeding of the 5,000. Now, that's not the one we just read in Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8, it's the feeding of the 4,000. It's a separate incident. Two of the Gospels have this account uh, of feeding of the 4,000. This happened after the feeding of the 5,000. During the feeding of the 5,000, there was five loaves and two fish. During this, there's 4,000. They actually have a few more loaves to start off with. Now, the disciples had already seen Jesus do this before. And Jesus gathers them and says, hey, I think these people are hungry and I think we should do something about it. And immediately, you might expect the disciples to go, oh, and you can, because you're Jesus. We've, I remember, yeah, a couple weeks ago, we were almost in this same situation. And man, you multiplied. That was so awesome. We get to see that again. That's not where they went. Instead, the disciples went straight to well, I mean, where do you expect us to find enough food for them out here in the wilderness? And we can be hard on the disciples and go, why, <laughs> why did you forget so quickly? We can be hard on them. The problem is we do the exact same thing. We do the exact same thing. When we start to face a new test, many times it's like our memory gets erased and we forget what God has done for us in the past. And we go, oh, I can't believe, I mean, how am I ever gonna get out of this? How am I ever gonna move past this? And we completely forget, we let the new test completely erase our testimony. Psalms 103 says it this way. It says, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Apparently, we will have the temptation. Apparently, we have the inclination to forget his benefits. And so the psalmist reminds us, says, don't forget what he's already done. Now, I doubt if any of you, when you got up this morning, I doubt if any of you looked out the window and saw that fiery ball of light in the sky that we call the sun. I doubt if any of you saw that and go, what in the world? What is that big fireball in the sky? Oh, my goodness. 
No, I didn't see any posts on social media about that. I didn't see, and I doubt if anybody tonight at like 5.30 or so when, when that sun is starting to set that everybody's gonna go into a panic and go, it's dark out here. What happened to the fireball that was giving us light? No one is going to panic because we all kind of count on that sun's going to rise in the morning and that sun's going to set at night. And when that sun sets at night, you know what? We can set our clocks to it that tomorrow morning that sun's going to rise again. Well, let me remind you who is in charge of that timing. Let me remind you who has set that whole thing in place. It was God. It's the same God that also is in charge of your life. And he's so consistent, he does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So if God got you through then, then God's gonna get you through tomorrow. If God answered your prayer before, come on, let's give him thanks right now. Let's just thank God and give him, God, I appreciate your faithfulness. He provided for me before and he'll provide for me again. He healed me before, so if I go through and I get a bad diagnosis, you know what? I can just know, God, you did it before and so I'm not gonna let this test erase my testimony. You've done it before, you'll do it again. You got me through that storm and so whatever storm I face, let, listen, if God got us through 2020, I mean, seriously. If God got us through 2020, then God's going to get us through 2021. We just have to remember that our testimony still remains. If God gave me direction before, he'll give me direction again. If God forgave me, oh, if his mercy was enough for my sin back then, then somebody in this house needs to hear that his mercy and grace is strong enough for whatever kind of guilt or condemnation or sin you feel right now. We can't allow this current test to take away our testimony. I don't know what I'm gonna face tomorrow. I don't know what I'm gonna face next month. I don't know what I'm gonna face next year, but I have decided that I am not going to let my future test steal my former testimony. No, if he did it before, he'll do it again. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Also, appreciation gets difficult when the problems begin to take our focus off of the provision. We're tempted to do that. We, we, we get a problem and we still put all of our focus on the problem instead of putting our focus on what God maybe has already provided. Verse four and five, remember the disciples are saying, how are we supposed to find enough food to feed these people? We're out here in the wilderness. How are we supposed to find enough food out here for that? And Jesus, he asked them something. Now the disciples did kind of what we would do where we're faced with a problem and we decide, well, let's just dive into the problem. We're faced with a problem, an issue. We're gonna, we're gonna put all of our focus on the problem and go, man, look how big this problem is. Look how difficult this situation is. Look how impossible this seems. That's what the disciples did. Because Jesus said, I wanna feed these people. I care about them. And the disciples went straight to the improbability, went straight to the impossibility, went straight to the difficulty. They said, how are we supposed to, we don't have, they focused on what they didn't have. You know what Jesus said? Instead of focusing on what they didn't have, you know what Jesus said? He said, what do you have? What's already been provided? Let's start, Jesus said, let's start there. Let's start with what we already got and then we might 
look over here to the, to, the, to the problem. See, when we focus on the provision instead of the problem, the problem gets smaller. If I focus on the problem instead of the provision, well, then the problem just keeps growing and growing in my life. So I may have debt, right? And I can just focus on that debt and say, oh my, that, that debt's just never gonna go away. So we just throw up our hands and we just let that mountain of debt grow. Instead of focusing on the debt, I could focus on the provision and say, well, okay, let's sit down. I make this much money. I can cut expenses here and cut, and I can start to chip away at the debt. And what that does, because I focus on the provision, that debt will start to shrink. Maybe it's in our marriage and we go, well, you know what? I got all these problems in our marriage and we sit there and we run through our mind everything we don't like about our spouse and everything that they do that annoys us and gets on our nerves. We can run through all that in our mind. We can do that and guess what's gonna happen? The problems are just gonna grow. Or, or we can try to focus on something that we do appreciate about this person that God's given us, right? And it's, I know it's tougher. Uh, some of you are afraid to like amen and nod right now. It's, I know it's not tough for you. I'm saying for these other people, amen, not you guys. But if you'll focus on appreciating what God has provided for us in this relationship, it's that focus on what we're grateful for that'll really change our mindset. There are some different groups and colleges and universities and psychologists that have done different studies, and two of the psychologists have done a ton of research on the thought of gratitude. Uh, one of their studies jumped out at me. Uh, it's a guy named Dr. Emmons and a guy named Dr. McCullough. Dr. Emmons is from the University of California. Dr. McCullough is from the University of Miami. They've done probably more research on gratitude than maybe just about anybody. So they did one study that jumped out at me. They got a group of, of people and they asked this group of people, all the participants, they said, we want you to write a few sentences a week focusing on what we ask you to focus on. So they agreed. So one of the groups in this, uh, one of the groups, they said, we want you to write a few sentences at the end of each week. And what we want you to focus on are the things that you were grateful for that week, the things that blessed you, the things that kind of made you happy, uh, the things you were thankful for. So they did that. This other group, they said, well, we want you to focus on, we want you to write a few sentences Every week, at the end of the week, we want you to focus on everything that annoyed you, everything that was displeasing, everything that was aggravating. We want you to write about that. And they said, okay. After 10 weeks, these two groups writing sentences at the end of each week, one focused on what they were grateful for, one focused on what they were aggravated about. And wouldn't you know it, that at the end of 10 weeks, those who wrote about what they were grateful for they were more optimistic about life. They felt better about their situations. Surprisingly, they also exercised more. They had fewer visits to the doctor than those who were focused on the sources of aggra aggravation. And I'm not saying that that one study is the fail proof that if you will find more gratitude in your life, you'll never have to go to the doctor. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying this, there is something to us deciding to set our minds on instead of the problem, but instead setting our mind on what God has already provided in my life. Philippians chapter four says it this way. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, in every situation, with, the word's not saying we have to be thankful for every situation, but I can be thankful in every situation. With thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God Oh, it starts to grow in my life. will transcend all understanding. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He goes right on to say in the next verse, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, 
Whatever is right, oh, we're thinking about these things. Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So maybe somebody in this place is, is kind of like leaning more on the complaining side. Last night after the service, a couple walked out and, and uh, the, the, the wife said to me, she said, well, I needed that tonight. She said, uh, I complain all the time. I complain about everything. She said, he never complains because I complain so much there's nothing left for him to complain about. <laughs> she said, I needed that. And maybe that's kind of where you're tracking a little bit, where you find more stuff to complain about than you find to be grateful for. Well, if that's you, maybe it is a matter of doing a little exercise. I mean, this week would be a great week to do it, right? Maybe at the end of each day, you grab a little journal, you put a little thing on your phone, and you write down five things that you were grateful for that day. They could be little things like the lunch I had or so-and-so said something nice to me or I got to spend time and go on a walk, like whatever it is. But maybe you just do that exercise and write five things uh, at the end of each day, maybe for a week, and try that. Maybe the next time a problem surfaces, you'll just decide instead of focusing on the problem, you'll find something redeeming in that circumstance to be grateful for. Maybe it's beginning each day. Maybe this week would be a good week to maybe, maybe we set this throughout the rest of the year that each day I'm gonna wake up and the first thing I'm going to do is thank God for something. Thank God for life. Thank God for the energy to get up out of bed. Thank God for breath. Thank God for strength. Thank God for his presence finding something to be grateful for. And last, and I'll just close with this, but I guess our appreciation will really start to depreciate when our brokenness never becomes a blessing. And let me say it this way, when we never graduate from brokenness to blessing. And in verse six, Jesus told the people to sit down on the ground and the Bible says he takes these seven loaves and he appreciates what he has. He thanks God for them. But then the Bible says he breaks them into pieces and he gives them to his disciples who distributed the bread to the crowd. Now when I think about what brokenness means for us, I guess I would say it this way, that when we're broken before God, what we're doing is we're saying, God, I trust you with my life. God, I trust, let's say it this way, I trust my life in your hands. And if that means, God, I have to go through seasons of, of breaking, if I have to go through some of the, man, that, that, was, that really broke me. I guess I'll even trust God during the seasons of being broken because I know that when I'm broken, it will turn to blessing. Look at how this brokenness turned into blessing. As Jesus breaks this bread that doesn't seem to be enough, Look at what this brokenness produced. They ate as much as they wanted, the Bible said. And afterward, the disciples picked up seven large basketfuls. These baskets in the original language would would be like large enough for a person to be in. This is how much food is left over as a result of the brokenness. There is good that is produced in our life when we're called of God. Even, Even no matter what we go through, God turns it around for good. I was helping my son at his house a couple weeks ago. We were clearing out some brush and some trees in his backyard and trimming some different stuff and limbs. And we had trimmed uh, this branches and this limb and branches off of this lemon tree that is in his backyard. And I was carrying that out and was throwing that onto the truck. And when I took that branch and limbs and I threw it on the truck, 
Um, I did not know. As a matter of fact, it still doesn't even make sense to me. Some of you already, you've been in Florida long enough to know this. I'm not a native Floridian, so I did not know. Did you know that lemon trees and uh, lime trees have big old thorns in them? Who knew that already? Yeah, I didn't. Just crazy, deadly, demonic thorns in these lemon trees. I didn't know it, and I just took the tree. I was throwing it on the truck, and one of those thorns just was on that limb and caught my leg and just cut my leg open on back here. And it was just so unexpected. Uh, it hurt so bad. I'm a little bit of a wimp anyway, but I was like, oh my, what in the world? Like, who pulled a knife on me? Like, what is going on? And maybe there was a part of me that wanted to just go, let's go chop that whole tree down. I'm done with this tree. Like, but no, we don't do that. Why do we put up with those thorns in a tree like that? Because it's not just about the thorn. It's not just about the pain point. We leave it because it's going to produce some fruit, right? And that's the thing as Christians, well, we can appreciate this, that even when I walk through trials of many kinds, it's producing something. See, James says it this way, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Count it joy when you meet trials that you've never met before. When you go through a trial you ain't even, never even heard of anybody else going through before. When you go through a trial that you think there's certainly there's nobody that's ever gone through this before, James is saying, count it all joy when you go through trials of various kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Though there's thorns, there's going to be fruit of steadfastness coming. And the steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So what starts out as a trial gets me to the point of being perfect and complete and lacking nothing. Boy, I can, I can get behind that. I can kind of celebrate that. I was thinking about how frustrating it must be for the devil when he tries to throw trials at you, tries to make you go through something, how frustrating it may be for him that he sees all these trials that he threw at you. All they do is just make you steadfast, make you more faithful, just make you grow, just make you get stronger in God and become perfect, lacking nothing. How frustrating it must be to be the enemy of the Christian. And so we have to remember, even though we walk through brokenness, it's going to be blessing if we'll trust him in the process. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes all over this room there in the atrium? If you're watching this service, if you can, just kind of try to close everything else out for a moment. Have a moment of introspection right now. As we just look in, I began to think about some of the people that would be hearing this message who may be walking through a, a brokenness in life, walking through some confusion, walking through some tests, walking through some problems, and you're doing so without the presence, without the provision of God. I don't even know how, I don't know how you make it through a year like this without leaning on Christ's compassion for you. And if you're here today and you're outside of a relationship with God, I've been praying for you. I've been praying that God would speak to you, that you don't have to walk through life alone, that you do need him. You need his forgiveness. You need his mercy. You need his grace extended to your life. You need to be in right relationship with God because you're going to stand before him one day, give an account for this life. 
So if you're here today and you're outside of a relationship with God, maybe you've, maybe you've served him one time and maybe you never have, but you sense that God is stirring something in your heart right now, I just want to pray for you if, if that's where you're at. So with nobody looking around, it's really between you and God, nobody's looking around. But if you just signify kind of to God and to me today, just saying, I need to get right with God today. If you would, would you just slip up your hand? I'll see you and, and pray for you today. I need to get right with God. Yes, 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 yes. Hands up in, uh, in most sections. Yes. Anybody else? I need, thank you. In the risers, thank you. I need to get right with God. I need to get right with God today. I need his help. I need to surrender my life to him. I've been doing, th thank you. I've been doing things my own way. I've been doing things in my own strength. Thank you. I need to get right with God. Thank you. So many and I've been praying for you. And I also want to ask this. Some of us in this room, we've been walking through such a, 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 a tough time of, of testing and maybe even brokenness, and we have not focused on him enough. We've not focused on being grateful for what we do have. And how many would just say, I just need help to find gratitude again. I need help to, find, to appreciate it again. Let me just, wa just wave at me if that's you. I just, I just need God to remind me again to appreciate all he's done in my life. Yes, yes, yes. Anybody else? God's doing that in you. Okay, God bless you. God bless you. Why don't we do this? Let's stand to our feet. Everybody's standing and we'll dismiss this service in like two minutes. But as you all stand to your feet, I want to give opportunity for some of you who need somebody to come alongside. Some of you need a, a deposit today, spiritually. You need a deposit emotionally. I want to give you opportunity for that. For somebody to come alongside and pray with you and pray for you. So if you lifted your hand saying you need to get right with God, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you just to step out from where you are and meet us at this front. We can still distance a little bit. That's fine. Or you may have lifted your hand saying, I need to get my focus back on being grateful again. I need to get, because I've been walking through a season, season to focus on the complaints and not all the provi provision. And maybe that's you. You would just need somebody to come along. Pray with you, pray for you. We want to do that today. So as Pastor Josh leads us in this song, I'm going to ask you, if you lift your hand for either one, maybe you didn't and you know you need prayer. Come on, just step out and come as we get ready to sing this song. Step out and come. You lifted your hand. I need to get right with God. Come on, it's not too far. It's not too far to come. By stepping out, I'm just saying, God, I can't do this without you. I refuse to do this without you. I refuse to do it my way, my things. I put my focus on you, God. Come on, let's sing it again. Let's sing it with gratitude. That we have a Savior that we can build our life on. some more of our prayer team, any uh, leaders from any other ministries can come and help and, and pray with these that have, that have gathered here. Um, I want you just to stretch your hand towards this front as we pray for them. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for renewal. I pray, God, for mercy and grace. And Lord, we, we decide to be grateful for your sacrifice. We decide to be grateful for paying the price for our sin so that we can be in right relationship.
in good standing with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, church, these altars are open. We dismiss. If you want to come forward, you're more than welcome to do that. I encourage you this week, especially this week. Come on, every single day, let's find something to appreciate. Amen. Let's find something to be grateful for. God bless you. God bless you. Pastor Josh is going to close us in prayer. Dear God, we just thank you, God, for what you've shown us today. God, we ask that you would continue that work of thankfulness in our hearts this week. God, continue to stir our hearts towards you, God, towards gratefulness, God. God, we pray right now. God, keep us safe this week, God. God, uh, uh, keep us safe as we enter into Thanksgiving, God, with our families. God, we pray right now, God. God, draw us closer to you, God, this week as we run to you, God. God, in your name we pray. Everybody says, amen. Well, we're so glad you were here this morning. We'll see you again next week.